0: Hi, I'm Jeremy Kirk, executive editor with Information Security Media Group. How organizations are using data is becoming an increasing concern, and regulators are looking closer than ever at the privacy practices of the technology industry. I'm speaking with Jason Kronk, who is a lawyer and privacy expert. He recently wrote a book titled Strategic Privacy by Design and is due to give a workshop on the concept in Sydney on October 28th. Thank you for joining us, Jason. Thank you, Jeremy. I'm happy to be here. So it feels like only recently the public has really woken up to how their privacy is under threat by seemingly benign online services, why did we get privacy so wrong in the internet age? So I, I, I don't think that we got
1: privacy wrong. So privacy has been around for uh, centuries. I mean, the concept of eavesdropping uh, started back uh, many, many years ago. And the the problem here, and I think your your first statement really honed in on it, is unfortunately with the internet age. People don't know what's going on behind the scenes. So what I train companies on is to think about uh, what I call information asymmetries or information imbalances. So what you know about what you're doing with people's data that they may not understand. And it's not really even a matter of communicating it to them, because oftentimes, you know, we may communicate what we're doing with data as an organization, but to the average consumer they may not understand what they mean, what that means uh, for instance you know you uh, an organization might say you know we use your information for marketing purposes well to the average consumer that might mean oh okay they're going to send me a couple of of pitches via email of promotions that they have but to the organization what that means is they're going to do behavioral uh, tracking they're going to do you know all sorts of you know create a dossier on the person they're kind of going to try to craft the ad to take advantage of different psychological niches that they have. So again, I think there's a a huge imbalance. And and so when you say the public has been awakened, uh, again, I think they're starting to learn what organizations are doing with information that are not obvious or not apparent to them uh, from what they would expect the organization to be doing.
0: And the phrase privacy by design has been around for quite a while. At a high level, what is it? So really the essence
1: of it is just thinking about privacy up front. Uh, A lot of organizations, uh, will b- build a product or build a service, and then may think after the fact, think, oh, we need to build in security, and you know, what are our privacy obligations? But thinking about privacy up front can change the dynamics of, of what you're building. Uh, it can really suggest different avenues for achieving the same goal. One of the thing, things I ask customers or clients uh, first to figure out what they're doing is, what are you trying to achieve? Because that will implicate how we're going to build privacy. I'll give you a perfect example. I had a client that was, uh, I asked them what they were doing. They said, we're building a loyalty app to reward loyal customers of a retailer with discount. I was like, great, we can build a perfectly privacy-preserving system that doesn't give you access to data, doesn't give the retailer access to data, but... Still, it gives discounts to loyal customers. The, 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 my client kind of stammered and was like, no, no, we, we need access to data. We're going to do analytics and, you know, we want to try to optimize various things. And it was like, OK, OK. So what you're really building is a surveillance system and you're incentivizing customers to participate in your surveillance system with discounts. Well, no, 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 we're building, again, some back and forth there. But really understanding what you're building, again, can imply what the privacy characteristics of what you're building, what you can do
0: with that. And you also have strong views about privacy impact assessments, which a lot of organizations do sort of after they've built an application. How can organizations sort of sharpen that process? Most organizations use privacy
1: impact assessments as a post hoc justification for what they're doing in other words, they build something and then they give it to their privacy department or privacy officer and say okay, do some privacy impacts and make sure we're okay and maybe we need to put you know an additional notice on our web page of what we're doing but they don't actually want it to to impact the product. They don't want it to change the product. They're not looking at privacy aforethought. Uh, They're looking at it after the fact. Now, that doesn't mean privacy impact assessments have to be done that way, but that's typical to how organizations do it. What I usually counsel uh, companies to do is look at privacy risk. Uh, So, Risk is both uh, a a question of likelihood uh, and impact. And when you think of impact, it's not just, uh, for instance, consequences like regulatory fines or even consequences against individuals, but how might there be additional privacy violations based on what you're doing? Let me give a for instance. So let's say you're sharing data with third-party vendors. It's not just may those third-party vendors then go and do something nefarious and have a data breach, but... Are they using it for information for for a purpose other than why you gave it to them? So that would be a privacy violation called secondary use. So, what is the likelihood? Again, we're looking at privacy risk. What is the likelihood that the organizations you're sharing information with will? commit this privacy violation of secondary use. That's the impact. And and do that kind of assessment, again, beforehand, before you share the information, before you decide, even if you need to share the information, because maybe if it's a high risk that the type of organization you're sharing with is going to commit this privacy violation, maybe you need to redesign your system To get those vendors those third parties out of the design out of the ecosystem
0: you wrote something really interesting recently uh in a paper and you wrote that developer tools aren't natively capable of preserving privacy what's wrong with today's developer tools and how can how can they be improved well i i think as coding
1: and software design and software engineering has advanced one of the great things is it's made it easier for people who have less formal training uh, and less skill at developing code to, to build software. I mean, I can remember 20 years ago when I was building web pages and I had to do a lot of very raw HTML editing. Now people use WordPress. The problem, and it makes it really easy for somebody who doesn't have any formal training on building web pages to drag and drop and you know throw in widgets. The problem is, a lot of those widgets they have privacy implications. You know, one of the very common things is a lot of themes on WordPress use Google Fonts. So that means anybody who comes to a person's website, you're sharing the information, the fact that, the, that those people are coming to your website with Google. Uh, now, I don't know that Google is using Google Fonts uh, calls to 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 track people around the web, but I wouldn't be surprised if they were. Similarly with databases, say you're using You know, Microsoft SQL. It's getting easier and easier for people to develop with SQL, but Microsoft needs to build in certain privacy technologies into their system. A relational database like SQL is built on on connecting or linking information, uh, which can be sometimes problematic from a privacy perspective. They need to build into their database systems, you know, ways of doing privacy preserving data analysis. Uh, using different privacy-enhancing technologies like differential privacy or secure multi-party computations, you know things like that. That you know most developers are not computer scientists, uh, don't understand the the technology. But when you have developer tools by the big companies that are are built or at least provide privacy-preserving options for developers, it makes it a lot easier for them to do that as opposed to building things that may be uh, privacy-invasive.
0: Yes, and if organizations want to embrace the concepts of privacy by design, do they need to retain specialists, or, or what would you recommend that they can do on their own? Yes and no. I think we're in a very nascent early stage
1: still in privacy and privacy engineering. I I liken it to, say, safety engineering in automobiles and bridges and airplanes, I'm sure at some point those industries employed a lot of safety engineers because the mechanical engineers didn't necessarily understand the safety ramifications. But now as those industries have matured, uh, those engineers, the aerospace engineers, the uh, mechanical engineers building bridges, they have incorporated the concepts of safety in their design. So they may have a safety engineer come and double check their work, uh, but they don't need they don't need somebody looking at it upfront. Privacy is similar. At this point, most developers, most software engineers don't understand the privacy don't understand the risk of what they're doing. Uh, And so you need those privacy engineers and those privacy specialists who are helping them uh, and providing some guidance. That being said, I I hope there is a future, uh, and I know there's a movement in a lot of computer science uh, courses in in colleges to try to embed uh, courses in ethics or security design or privacy design uh, into them. So eventually we'll get to a point where, uh, where hopefully we won't need a specialist necessarily. So
0: we're driving on the internet right now without (laughs) seatbelts. Essentially, yes. (laughs) That's great. Well, thank you very much for joining us, Jason. I appreciate it. Great. Well, thank you very much for having me. I've been speaking with Jason Kronk, who's a privacy expert and author of Strategic Privacy by Design. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Jeremy Kirk.